Welcome to Corestruction, the podcast of the Tulsa District U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Today we're joined by Colonel Timothy Hudson, the Tulsa District Commander and District Engineer. Colonel Hudson is from Allentown, Pennsylvania, and is a graduate of the U.S. Military Academy at West Point. He holds master's degrees from George Mason University and the U.S. Army War College. His service includes assignments as a mathematics instructor at West Point, a platoon leader, company commander, battalion and brigade operations officer, professor of military science at North Carolina State University for the Wolfpack Army Reserve Officer Training Corps. He served as a battalion commander of the 20th Engineer Battalion at Fort Hood, Texas. Prior to his assignment at the Tulsa District, he was the Deputy J-4 for Engineering and Logistics at U.S. Northern Command in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Colonel Hudson's deployment locations include Balad, Samara, Kirkuk, Mosul, Iraq in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom, and Afghanistan in support of Operation Enduring Freedom. Colonel Hudson took command of the Tulsa District July 8, 2022. Welcome to Corestruction, Colonel Hudson. Hey, thanks, Brennan. So there are really two images people have of the Corps of Engineers. Um, there's the engineering battalions primarily staffed by soldiers, which provide direct combat support for soldiers executing missions like clearing routes and creating barriers. And there's the civil works, military construction, and and flood risk management side of the organization, primarily staffed by civilians, many of whom have military service. Or can you explain that dichotomy to people who might not be aware? So, and, and though it may feel like a dichotomy looking at like an officer's career path where you know, in particular, my own career path, I spent almost all my time with soldiers deploying to combat operations in the Middle East. Uh, and then all of a sudden, here I am in the Corps of Engineers on this side, with working with civilians, working in civil works, military construction, emergency management. Uh, there's really more overlap uh, than we may think. I just want to point out a couple of those uh, examples here. And, you know, we have the, the engineer officers that lead both. They lead our, our combat formations, and they also lead uh, our, our USACE districts. Um, but they, they really work very closely, and, and they complement each other. I've got a couple examples of that, just particularly uh, during forward operations when we deploy downrange, uh, we rely on each other. So I, as a forward deployed combat engineer officer, I really relied on the reach back capability to reach back to the technical expertise uh, from across the USACE formation. Uh, some of that includes when we're looking at bridges and trying to classify the load class or if the, the bridge has been damaged and we don't know how, how badly it's been damaged and what it can handle. Uh, we certainly rely on the Corps of Engineers in-house expertise and we have the ability to reach back and rely on that. And then also uh, USACE, the civilian side, deploys their technical experts downrange to augment and support uh, the warfighter as well. Uh, we have examples of many folks uh, from across our dedicated district who have, who have done that in the past. Uh, just to name a couple, B.J. Parkey. Turns out that we both served in Mosul almost the same time. Pretty fascinating. Uh, 15 years ago, uh, Patrick Beard in several places, a lot of time in Korea uh, supporting uh, the fight out there. Uh, Jacob West just recently, recently redeployed, uh, helping with base camp development. Uh, just recently, the news we saw the dam that was uh, 
know, dam there's still some controversy over how it was damaged in Ukraine and the impact it's having on Ukraine. But uh, these Corps of Engineer experts, a lot of dam experts uh, in our district in particular, uh, looking at the Mosul Dam, we have folks from our team that have taken a look at the Mosul Dam, what the impacts would have been if that dam had been damaged and the flooding that would have occurred down through Mosul and the rest of Iraq. Um, and then just all the construction that we do downrange as well, both for our partners uh, and the locals and schools and, and uh, military facilities downrange, uh, and as well as the camps that our, our soldiers uh, live in and operate out of uh, downrange. There's, there's so much overlap there. And, uh, it's great to see all the dedicated professionals that you know, serve as civilians on their day jobs here in Tulsa District, but then have also raised their hand and volunteered to support the warfighter uh, as well. In, in your deployments uh, downrange, did and, and did you you encounter you encountered some civilian Corps of Engineers employees? Yeah, I, I did. I, in fact, I put a note on here. You know, one thing I appreciate is that whenever there's a forward deployed USAS element, they always raise the engineer flag, like on your hat right now. Right. And I know that I have an ally and a partner there for solving the most difficult you know, problems we have. And just most recently, uh, in 2018, I was in Bagram, Afghanistan. And there was a forward element there comprised of almost all civilians. And we had some really difficult construction challenges that we were facing, particularly in areas that were not safe, right? So figuring out how to do construction in areas that weren't safe, that you can't get to by road, uh, and the contracts and, and moving supplies and resources. And it's working with uh, multiple countries to try to build and solve these problems to set up Afghanistan. Obviously, things ended a little bit differently there than we would have hoped. Um, been great in Iraq, Afghanistan, Kuwait, uh, around the world to see that engineer flag flying in the, in the partnership there. I, I remember being in Kandahar in 2017. Um, I was deployed with the Air Force as a as a first sergeant, and I remember seeing some Corps of Engineers civilians at Kandahar and running up to them, and <laughs> they looked at me like they weren't really sure how to react. I don't right. think they, I'm not sure if they, if they understood why I was over there with the Air Force, but um, yeah, I was, I was telling them, oh yeah, I work for the Tulsa district. So uh, it, it is, it is good to see uh, Corps of Engineers people out when you're, when you're deployed, especially. I know it, it, it brought a smile to my face, but uh, so you live up in, I think in the SkyTech area, Correct, sort of in that. Uh, yeah, north of Tulsa, up, up, up in, uh, near Owasso. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And um, I, I've talked to the Rangers, and they said they've seen you out. You're you're big into outdoor recreation. Um, what 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 types what types of outdoor recreation are you most into? Yeah, that's a good question. So, you you mentioned in the bio that you know we came from Colorado Springs. And so the recreation we enjoyed there is different than the recreation we enjoy here in Oklahoma. And as much as our family moves around, we try to take advantage of and enjoy whatever the local area offers. Uh, so we went from a lot of skiing and mountain biking to you know the little flatter terrain here in <laughs> right. Oklahoma, and so how, you know how can we just make the most of our time here? So uh, we picked up an old boat that's running okay for us, and thought that'd be a good opportunity to take advantage of these you know beautiful lakes that the core has here. So. Uh, been out on several lakes already this summer, and we enjoy fishing and just boating. It's hot, so we jump off the back and swim some. 
and uh, pull the tube. And, and, and the kids bring their friends out as well, so it's just a, a good place to bring everybody together and, and enjoy the lakes, enjoy time as a family. Yeah, I had to ask you this, seeing that you're from Allentown. I bet you get it all the time. So do you like the song or not? Uh, I'm indifferent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a good question, though. So you're nearly at your one-year anniversary here. You've had a chance to travel around. I think you've you've probably invis- vis- visited all, if not m- most, of the projects by this point. Still got a couple um, more. Try to what, what's been the most eye-opening aspect of, of this assignment for you? Yeah. So I think, and it was probably about about four months into this assignment, um, I came to the realization that our country is great because of the work that the Corps of Engineers has done. And uh, the way that we've managed water, uh, the vision of our engineers and, and the leaders for how they wanted to manage water across our country uh, has made this country great for economic growth, uh, for water security, for energy security with the hydropower, uh, the regulatory, keeping our water clean and, and safe for use. Uh, just the vision for how we, we manage water in this country, I, I believe, is a major contributing factor for what's made this country great. And if I look to places that I've been around the world and I've wrestled with, why, why is this country not developing? Why is it so challenged? Why is there continuous fighting here? And many, and many times that's because of a lack of managing water um, and that, that valuable resource. So the work that the Corps of Engineers did and continues to do is a major contributing factor to why our country's been such a great country for so long. And the second part of that is the, the support to the warfighter as well. We talked a little bit about the support. I don't know of any other country that deploys civilians to a combat zone to support engineering. I haven't seen that in most with multiple countries uh, downrange, uh, mostly from Europe, uh, but I've never seen their civilian engineers coming and supporting the way our, our team does. But then also the, all the infrastructure, the state-of-the-art infrastructure that we provide to the warfighter here in Oklahoma and across the country so that our troops, our airmen, our Marines are able to train and then follow on and go fight and maintain their equipment uh, to be the best military in the world uh, with the backbone and the infrastructure coming from here uh, and the Corps of Engineers and what we provide. So. It, it's interesting, too, that you brought up the, the, the impact the Corps of Engineers has had on the, the infrastructure in the nation. I mean, especially in Oklahoma. I, this state is so wrapped up in, I mean, the history of the Corps and the state of Oklahoma, in the, especially in the 20th century and since, is, I mean, it, it, they are really linked tightly, if you think about it. I mean, with 38 projects that we have and, and the other, and that's just the, you know, and the, yeah. typically the reservoirs and stuff, but, uh, I mean, water especially, it, it's certainly been, you know, an economic contributor for this yeah. for this region and allow yeah. growth yeah, great point brendan i recently we we attended a uh the bridge ribbon cutting ceremony down for the new ufala uh, bridge over the dam and we had some partners from across oklahoma there that we shared in giving just a few opening comments for the ribbon cutting and and, and one of the comments was that you know, the top three economic drivers in oklahoma the first is energy we're part of that 
mm-hmm. uh, part of the energy with our hydropower. The second aerospace, and you know, people probably think of American Airlines, some of the other airlines, but a major part of that is the aerospace work that we do down in Tinker, mm-hmm. uh, second largest employer in Oklahoma, and all those facilities that have been built and maintained and uh, refurbished by the Corps of Engineers, employs so many folks down there. Uh, and Tinker, has, that's the number two, and the number three economic driver in Oklahoma is recreation, which, as you mentioned, really wasn't even a thing. No, not in the same uh, way. Six, no. 60, 70 years ago, uh, without the lakes and reservoirs, that we, you know, all the recreation we see at Texoma, Eufaula, Broken Bow, uh, and all the other lakes as well, but particularly uh, those three and, and, and all the attraction that pulls people from Texas and Oklahoma uh, to enjoy, enjoy that water. So we're, we're planning and executing some pretty significant projects inside and outside the region. Can you talk about the role as a district engineer that you have in, in realizing those efforts? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, I didn't anticipate work in California. <laughs> when we learned that our family was assigned to, you know, here in Tulsa District, I didn't realize that we're going to be some major projects uh, out in California and then support that we're doing down into the Fort Worth District, uh, down into Galveston as well, uh, supporting supporting our region. And we're getting ready to do some work uh, in Little Rock District as well for the F-35 bed down. Uh, so what's, you know, what's, what's the role of the district engineer? I, I, look, I look around, I'm surrounded by experts uh, with folks with the right education, the training. We have folks with decades of experience. Uh, they've got great certifications and taking the time to invest in, in the professional development. Uh, so, you know, what's my job putting that all together? And I, I really see my job is to enable our team uh, to get obstacles out of their way, open doors for them, uh, and then just help deliver projects. Uh, so I just I hope that I'm an enabler, um, recognize problems, and hopefully, you know, with the team, look, working with the experts, find a way to work through those challenges. And then also to have vision on where we're going and setting our team up uh, to handle the major projects that are coming our way in the future. And then let me add one more piece too. Uh, I think I have a responsibility to just make sure our team is recognized for the work that we're doing beyond beyond our borders here. Even we take time to recognize our team at different awards ceremonies and coins and as we go out and visit the sites. But uh, and it's. Our team's being noticed, and, and that's, that's pretty clear, that we continue to be asked to do work outside of our area of responsibility because uh, folks at our division and all the open headquarters recognize the talent that sits here uh, in Tulsa District. That you, you view yourself as sort of a, a, a lineman blocking so that uh, those guys can run the ball? Some of that, that's right. So there is some blocking, uh, <laughs> but then also some, hopefully, um, and then looking, looking forward and envisioning where we're going, uh, recognizing what's coming our way so that we're postured for success. So a, f- a few months ago, you, you, you promulgated the Tulsa District Strategy uh, Map. Can we go through and sort of talk about the, the vision with the lines of effort that, and how, how, how do you see those, uh, with the first one being um, the vision and, and what that means to the end, end user? Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Brennan. So we had a great team effort back in December, took an offsite and and solicited feedback and ideas from across a lot of different divisions here in our district. And, and folks had different ideas and we kind of try to capture them 
and uh, categorize them into different areas. What do, we, what do we really want to look like? What do we want to be an ideal environment? That's our vision. Where are we going? And uh, we came, we kind of settled on three things that we want to be, uh, and that's uh, trusted people, strong partnerships, quality projects. If we do those three things, we can help secure our nation and serve our communities here in our air responsibility. And so I just want to talk a little bit about you know, those three ingredients, the trusted people, the strong partnerships, and the quality projects. So first, and some people have already heard me talk about this. I had the opportunity to talk to several different groups in our district, but just, just briefly, you know, our trusted people, that's our, found, our foundation is trust in this organization, uh, both within the organization and then external organization as well. There's, people should look at it and say that's a, that's a trusted agency. We work with the Corps of Engineers, no matter who it is, uh, we can trust that they're giving us the truth, they're being transparent, they're being opened, and they have our best interest in mind. And they're going to do the right thing. They're going to follow the law, follow policies. Uh, we, trust, we trust that organization. And just looking internally, uh, you know, a subordinate looking at their manager, their leader, do they, trust, do they trust that leader? Do they have their best interest in mind? And similarly, the leader looking down uh, to those that work for them, do I trust the folks that work for me? Are they going to execute the tasks that I've been giving them uh, to the best of their ability? And can I trust them to go? And a lot of, so many folks in this district work autonomously. Uh, we're spread, as you know, across a large area. With many folks not seeing their supervisor, oftentimes for months on end, just the way that we're spread out across the, you know, our area here. And so that trust is so important. And then just uh, left and right as well. When you work with, your sister division, or even people within your division, at different sections and branches. Uh, you know, do I do I trust them? We're continually uh, working on building those those relationships. Every interaction is either building that trust or hurting that trust a little bit too. On how reliable people are, how responsive. Um, so that's. Uh, I'll just say that in our nation, in our communities, they're relying on us. Oftentimes, they don't think about what we're doing. They kind of take it for granted. That trust is critical, and our national security and our local security uh, is relies on the work that our team does. So that trust is our, our, our foundation, our bedrock. Second, second major ingredient that the team came up with is uh, strong, strong partnerships. And um, there's some, there's a lot of discussion about the word "strong." Is that the right word to use for our partnerships? Uh, we, in our backyard, we have a a soccer goal. It's not a regular regulation size soccer goal. We have a soccer goal that our kids kick the soccer ball in our backyard. And uh, the net's the net's coming down. It's not staying up around the goal. And it's because the the twine that was used that came in the packaging to hold the net on there, it wasn't strong. It wasn't strong. So when the kids kick the soccer ball in there, it rips a little bit. So now the net's it's coming apart. And so the goal's not very useful because it wasn't uh, the right material. So we've got to go buy some stronger twine to hold that, that net up there. So that's, that's kind of what I started thinking about strong. That's what I thought of is, is it's not going to come apart when it's given, you know, through the elements of the weather and when there's soccer balls slamming into it, that tension, things are pooling. That's how our partnerships need to be because, frankly, our, our projects that we're delivering, both on the silver work side and the military side, um, in our emergency management, those are all hard problems. We're responding to an emergency. We're trying to fix a levee, fix some gates, you know, maintain a dam, uh, respond to a flood. 
deliver a very complex hangers down at Tinker. Uh, those partnerships are critical. There's challenges along the way. There's disagreements along the way. Uh, but how does how do those partnerships respond? And uh, so that we thought that was, that's critically important and for us to deliver. Um, we've got to have those strong partnerships that endure through the challenges and setbacks of, of any project that we're going through. Uh, and then and then lastly, uh, quality projects. And uh, you know, Brenda, you talked earlier. We talked earlier about just kind of the reshaping of the geography here in Oklahoma. A lot of the infrastructure was built and intended to last for 50 years, and a lot of it now we're at 70 years. Yeah. Because it's quality delivery uh, from our, our original teammates uh, and, and folks that worked for the Tulsa district uh, decades ago. And uh, it's not like our, our projects are critical. We talked we talk about this a couple times. Uh, if it's not quality, Someone's gonna, someone's gonna suffer, right? Someone's not gonna do their job well. Someone's gonna have their house underwater. Uh, equipment's not gonna be able to be maintained the way it should be maintained. Soldiers aren't gonna be able to train. Airmen aren't gonna be able to train correctly. So, that quality is is uh, foundational to what we do. There's been uh, there's been some challenges across the Corps of Engineers recently. We've had some challenges ourselves uh, with quality, and so just we're relooking. What are some of the con controls? What are the processes we need to put in place uh, to make sure we're delivering? Those quality projects, and you know, all three of these things are interrelated. You know, the trust helps build the strong partnerships. The quality projects helps build the trust as well. So all these three things are interrelated. And right now, we have teams that are working on initiatives uh, for for all three of these lines of effort. For how do we continue to build trusted people? How do we take care of our people? How do we Put some structure behind our partnerships, and what are the most important partnerships, and how, how what's the strength of those partnerships? We have a team looking at that, and then uh, we have a team looking at quality as well, and, and how do we make that part of our our processes and ensure that those processes are in place to make sure we're delivering quality as well. So, not to put you on the spot, but before you came here of the assignments, because I don't want you to to feel like you have to just say Tulsa, so. What, before you came to the core, to the Tulsa district, what, uh, what was your favorite assignment in your career? That's a good question. I'm going to ask you the same thing. After we're done with this, I'll ask you. Oh, this is my favorite one. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> this is... <laughs> so, just, uh, just being frank, you know, I, I really didn't think I was going to serve past five years in the Army. I had a five-year obligation uh, coming out of the Academy. I thought, I'll do my five years, and then there's other things I'd like to do. Turns out I really enjoyed working with soldiers. Really enjoyed uh, what I was doing. And then I also uh, I lost my commander when I was a platoon leader. So my, my immediate boss decided I'm going to stay in in his honor at least for a few more years. And here we are quite a few years later. Um, I th I've enjoyed all my assignments. I have a, uh, it's hard to move around, to move the family around. I have a very supportive wife and, and a great family, which, is, which has made it a little bit easier uh, to, to do the work that, that we've been doing. Um, so I, I highlighted two, two assignments that really came to mind. And the first is a company commander. Uh, it's about 100 soldiers, combat engineer company. 2005 uh, into 2008, took late, late 2005, had a little bit of a break in there, then same company. Um, went to Mosul for 14 months during that, came back. 
And uh, I told my wife during the time, I said, if I could stay in this job until my 20 years and retire in this job, they don't even need to promote me. This is just a great group of folks, and we've been through a lot together. And uh, I, I keep doing this. I really enjoy it. Just being at the company level is great. And you, you know that, being a yeah. first sergeant, right? So you're kind of still, Squadron you're right yeah. there. That's right, you're right there with the troops and with the airmen. Uh, still have a strong, your, your interactions are very close on a daily basis with the soldiers, which was great. Uh, I, I'm still in touch you know, with those folks, even though it's been 15 years since I've worked with them. In fact, through the change of command last year, my first sergeant came uh, up to the change of command, which was great. Been through a lot together, and he, he's a lifetime friend. In fact, mm -hmm. I was been in touch with him just recently as well. So, The second job I really enjoyed was the professor of military science at North Carolina State University. A little bit different reasons there. Uh, there's just a lot of energy working with young people. Yeah. Right? The world's before them. They're in college. They're thinking about their future career. They're learning leadership. And just an opportunity to invest in young people who are eager to learn and grow, both personally and professionally. So they, they'd come with questions, too, just about life and family and marriage and, and finances and just, you know, the world's wide open to them and they're learning. It's just a lot of fun uh, working with people at the, in that age group. And, and some of those folks, I, I finished that assignment in 2017 and had the opportunity to commission some, some great young folks to become officers and then to watch them grow as they've led uh, into the Army. And some of those folks have the opportunity to still be in touch with, which is just really rewarding. And I found both those assignments to, uh, to be really uh, did, did you re Did you request that type of deal or was that yeah. one that yeah. they, they they said hey you're going to go do this yeah, next? great question so it's uh you compete for it so okay. you, uh, it, it, every year they ask for packets and you put your packet in it to request to uh, go work with the rotc program so it's a lot of fun and then you get to do some really cool things too you find yourself at a coin toss in the middle of a you know, Division One football game after Military Appreciation Day. You're out there with the referees and the TVs and the cameras and, you know, a lot of excitement in the stadium and basketball games and working with the chancellor and, and the dean and other folks. Just a lot. The job was a lot of fun. All the all the interviews I have, I always in, conclude them with, uh, what have I not asked you that I should have asked you? What what have I not asked you that, that I should have asked you? So I think, you know, a question that, folks ask me and as I talk to my neighbors and, and other folks that I've worked with in the past is kind of what's what's impressed me the most about Tulsa District or what stood out the most and uh, that, that's pretty clear and straightforward answer it's the people here in Tulsa District and I heard this coming in the reputation you know preceded my time here because I talked to folks that have worked with Tulsa District uh, just and they told me they're great people solid of the earth people who are committed to the mission there in Tulsa. And I've, I've sh showed up here and it's, that's been absolutely true. We've just got great people that work across our district. And you can see the list here I've made. I've actually made a you know, list on the rest of my page of fo folks who've impressed me. And just to highlight a couple, you can go climb into the bowels of a hydro plant on any given day. And folks are down there in a concrete dungeon, uh, turning wrenches, solving some really wicked problems. Uh, that probably they're the only ones in the world that can figure out. You know, they, they reach back, talk to each other, and figure out some really, on, on aging infrastructure, they figure out how to keep that stuff going, and, and they're creative, and some great, you know, some great committed problem solvers. And then you don't go too far away, and you go over the locks and dams, you got your lock operators, and you have, uh, you know, our, our marine maintenance team, 
they're doing similar things. Oh yeah. Right out there on the water, some of these in dangerous conditions, putting some controls in place. Uh, but if you ever go to their their warehouses there and their their work yard and, and see what they're doing to fabricate things and solve problems, it's um, it's fascinating to see to see that. And then you just walk through our our building here and you have our engineers and, and just stop at some desk and say, you know, what are you working on? It's fascinating to see some of the challenging things uh, that they're trying to you know, use their digital tools to, to, to build and model and, uh, and solve, uh, both on the military side and, and the civil work side as well. And then they're working closely with you know, everyone else uh, out in the field and here in the building. Um, just been, been really impressed um, with the commitment of the support staff, of our engineers, of our operations folks, of our regulators, uh, and uh, contracting is working closely with them as well, and our lake staffs supporting our communities, and then just the strong relationships that they have as well with all the folks in their communities just out there uh, serving, serving, you know, with a heart and a mindset of, of service uh, here within the Tulsa District. So I really appreciate. Uh, I feel like I've, it's been a good fit for me. It's been a great job up to this point. And, uh, and our family, despite dragging their feet to leave Colorado, <laughs> uh, they've really enjoyed Oklahoma. And that's because of the people, you know, the people that they've met here and the friends they've made here. So it's been great. There was, there was something I, I, I wanted to ask you that I, I, it just sort of popped in my mind. And that is that, you know, it, it's such a challenge that we're having hiring people in certain career fields. Um, particularly STEM, it's always, it, it feels like there's always a, a recruitment push for STEM career fields. For, for someone who might be considering whether or not to, um, especially if they're about to graduate from engineering school, and for someone who might be considering their different options, can you talk about why they should choose the Corps of Engineers, whether it's as an you know, whether they decide to commission and become an engineering officer or whether it's uh, a civilian, what, why should they choose the Corps of Engineers? Yeah, that's a great question. So just attended, I, I just attended my son's graduation from high school, and he has a couple of buddies who are going to school locally uh, here in the state or over in the University of Arkansas. We're going to study engineering, and I have already started to try to recruit them. I told them, hey, we can get you an internship next summer. <laughs> and they seem interested, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think particularly, in particular, for working with Tulsa, you know, why would you choose to work for this be your choice of employment? And uh, I think I was, it was like last August and was sitting down with some engineers and they're talking about um, some of the design work they were doing. And I, at, the end of the, at the end of our meeting, I asked them, I said, how rewarding is that? to design a bridge and then, or to design a dam, or to improve a dam, or raise a dam, replace some gates, and then for decades to come, you drive your family over that bridge. Or you watch water be released from that gate, that wicked problem you worked through and, and solved and designed. So that's, that's gotta be really rewarding. And they said, yeah, this is great. This is a great job to just the magnitude of the work that they're doing and the, and the importance of the work as well. And I think we've highlighted that a couple of times throughout this, our discussion this morning. And, and, and just beyond that engineering work, uh, and I'll just mention this too, you know, our, our, our team at Tinker, 
uh, and Daniel the Robles mentioned, they're they're changing the skyline. <laughs> yeah. Around Tinker. They are. Yeah. It's different because of the work that they've been doing down there. And that it starts up here in this building and works its way down uh, down there, and they oversee the construction. But your the work you're doing is changing you know, changing the skyline of certain areas as well. And then um, you, you mentioned. Uh, engineers in particular the stem but it's it's beyond that as well there's some challenges to get the right talented folks uh, on board and then to keep them as well uh, there's probably folks that pay more you know sometimes uh, and something I've noticed and particularly with helping out with some retirement ceremonies recently there's folks that start out with the core as a young person and then they as opportunities present themselves they journey somewhere else and they try uh, a different job for a while, and, and, and many times they migrate back. Mm -hmm. And I think it's it's the the type of work we do, the importance of the work, the reward that you get from doing this kind of work, but then also the family atmosphere as well is a is a resonating theme uh, that folks take care of each other, they care about each other, supervisors care. Uh, as you go, you know, as you go through, uh, everyone has family crises along the way, uh, whether it's a spouse or a a parent, you know, you, it goes back to the trusted people. You know that the folks you work with here are going to figure out a way to take care of you and let you do what you need to do to take care of your personal personal things you're going through. So I think that's the, the other important ingredient for why it's great to work in the Tulsa district. That's so interesting you mentioned the, the projects that you get to work on because if when we post photos from construction or there's like this one old video from uh, Fort Gibson, I think it was construction, and um, the, we, it's so, there's always going to be at least one or two people who comment that my grandfather worked yeah, on that dam. My, my, or, I mean, even if they were someone, you know, a contractor who worked on it or, or whatever, but you, you hear people, they're very proud of the fact that their, their, right. their, you know, patriarch or whatever of their family played a role in the construction of that, of that That's thing, great. you know. Yeah. So you, you certainly do hear that a lot, and you also, there's a certain amount of ownership people take, and that's our lake. These are our lakes. They view it as their lakes, right. and, you know, it, it's, it's, um, it's interesting to, to see that, that people that want to have a role that's bigger than just, you know, the paycheck at the end of the day. I mean, to, to be able to say that you changed the skyline of Oklahoma City or Midwest City or Tinker, you know that's that's it's interesting certainly it, i mean um well thank you for taking the time to sit down with with us and 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 talk about you know what you're seeing in your one year as you approach your one year anniversary here um i know that uh typically it's it's a couple two to three years i guess for most commanders so you're you're about to hit that halfway point it's going quickly three. yeah yeah <laughs> Well, thank you again. Yeah, sir, thank you, Ben. Appreciate putting this together. Thank you for joining us for Core Construction. Core Construction is a production of the Tulsa District U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Public Affairs Office. Today's episode was brought to you by the Executive Office of the Tulsa District U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Thank you for joining us and have a great day. Mm -hmm.